As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. Oh, oh, oh. Hello and welcome to Pod on the Tyne, your go-to Newcastle United podcast from The Athletic, coming up on this week's show. Lads, we're back. Our month in the podcast wilderness is over. The year in pieces, how Newcastle United took the Premier League by storm. And back in black and white league and cup games this week. Hello, chaps. How the devil are we? Yeah, I'm wonderful, other than I've just spilt beer down my front, so I'm going to piss myself <laughs> it apart from that. It started already, hasn't it? <laughs> well, I've got my hand is clutching a, a very attractive Townside blonde. Can you say that? In <laughs> I these, don't think can you, you say can that get these away with days? That anymore, can you say no. that these days? No. no. Look at my producer. No, no all he says no. no. Producer, all he says. We no, I mean, I should that. point out that is a beer. I mean, we are on a night out, and but um, yeah, it is a beer. It's a very nice beer from Mordew Brewery. It is. We don't get to do this very often where no. we get to sit in the same uh, environment and enjoy each other's company and look, look into each other's eyes as we do this. But we're also sitting in a window. I feel like I'm in a zoo. I feel like I'm a zoo, like, like a a thing in a zoo. I think that people could be watching us walking up High Bridge today. It's weird. Yeah, throwing shit at us. <laughs> exactly. Oh, we yeah. should just throw which shit side back of the, at them. Which, yeah. side of the, which side of the fence are we on? I think we are the zoo. Side, we are the we? zoo, so we'd be, yeah. we'd be throwing shit. In these okay. ridiculous yeah. chairs. Yeah. Yeah, Chris, we, can we talk about what Chris is wearing? Let's set the scene. Um, Chris has turned up. We're going to start with the socks. <laughs> They're an interesting uh, Christmas bauble socks, is that yeah, right? festive beer socks, yeah. They're from wow. Thornbridge okay. Brewery. Yeah, he's got some old man shoes on, which is nice. Um, he's wearing a Christmas jumper, and on top of the Christmas jumper, he has a Joe Linton Hawaiian shirt, a Christmas hat, which then has a cracker hat on top of that. I don't... I'm not going to pull any punches here, Chris. You look fucking ridiculous, mate. You said we were doing a Christmas pod. That was my understanding of what we were doing here. So therefore, I came dressed for the occasion. A Christmas Newcastle United themed pod. If anything, you other two look weird and out of place in this setting. We, we've come dressed as shit pundits. Of, uh, we've just, we've come dressed sport. as middle-aged men, yeah. yeah I mean, yeah, I've, just, I've just signed my own resignation letter with my sexist uh, joke. <laughs> so I don't really care what I say anymore. That, that um, shirt of Chris's, the Gillington shirt, was last seen at Rio's Steakhouse in Jesmond. So oh, I the, heard about this. So the low light of the World Cup for me, and also quite possibly the low light of my entire career, and trust <laughs> me, there have been some lows, where Chris and I were dispatched to, to Rio, which was fantastic. It's the uh, Steakhouse in Jesmond where uh, Chike, Chike? Chite? Chiche, I think. Chiche uh, met uh, Bruno. Um, yeah. Before the before the World Cup, and of course he was then selected. Rudely did not invite Joe Linton. Did not invite Joe Linton, but Joe Linton is a, is a regular there, and so is Bruno. And they went. Uh, Bruno went there to celebrate with his family when he got called up, and we had the the food. 
which was delicious. We had the, and we had a couple of Big Joe cocktails, correct? Joels. Joels. And you made me wear the other shirt, which was the, um, Bruno, the shirt. Bruno shirt. And I've never felt lower as a human being whilst <laughs> doing that. And then, of course, Bruno didn't play. So we were we looked like absolute twats. Well, we looked like twats and were twats. But the, but we were dispatched to this restaurant, having been told the information out in Qatar is that Bruno is going to start this game. So then George and I had sat down, just ordered food, and literally just ordered our first Joel cocktails. And then the team came out, and he wasn't in it. And he wasn't so, yeah. so George took a photo of me sipping the cocktail and sent it to the boss and said, "Too late now." So yeah, yeah, it was good expenses. Good expenses, Bill. Excellent. That night. Lovely. And then we went upstairs to the um, to the bar where they were showing the match on a television screen, and we were the only people in the bar. Literally, the only people apart from the barman, who was very, very nice, and a Newcastle fan, listened to the pod. So there was absolutely no atmosphere to soak up. There was just Amazing. me and Chris sitting there. Wearing stupid shirts. I was going to say, where was my invite? But then I saw the way the two of you were dressed and I thought, I'm probably glad I wasn't. Well, it was supposed to be a, yes, it was supposed to be like a serious thing. And then Chris brought those shirts, which was a bad start and it got worse. Food was lovely though. Well, uh, we'll we'll crack on in just a moment, chaps. We've got some presents and some gifts that we're going to open as we go through. Apparently, I've been told by producer Ollie that I need to open mine first. So I'm going to do that right now, which is tricky with one hand, but not impossible. A Minecraft collector's tin. Thanks, Ollie. It's just what I wanted. Oh, me. <laughs> All right. From when I'm when I'm recording in the boys' bedroom. Cheers. Um, that's great. I'll I'll wrap that up and give that to me child as a present on Christmas Day. Cheers, man. Thanks very much. That's lovely stuff. Good recycling of presents even before Christmas. Yeah, that's absolutely. It. Yeah. Great stuff. Right that's then. That's a good start. Shall we crack on? Yes. Come on then. Right, it's been 17 years uh, since we last uh, recorded an episode of this nonsense, uh, and we need to get up to date on events. So, fellas, in 30 seconds or less, please sum up your thoughts on the following. The World Cup, George. Um, we've done Bruno and Rio. Uh, another highlight was um, watching Germany-Spain with Dan Byrne, big Dan Byrne at the Brilliant. athletic office. That was great. That was really good. Um, and then the rest you of it... You gave him a hug, didn't you? I did give him a hug, yeah. I dropped my phone as I gave him a hug. It was a bit of a... Yeah, I let myself down. Yeah, I let myself down. And um, his dad then emailed you and made reference to the hug, so I felt really embarrassed about that in retrospect. But never mind, Lovely that stuff. was good. And um, and then really, yeah, I mean, the World Cup, not bad. Wrong time, wrong place. Yeah. But then that final, come on. I mean, that yeah. was just everything you want from a football match. It was astonishing game of football, wasn't it? What about our Swiss correspondent, Chris Wolf? How did you how did you view the World Cup? You're, you're notoriously cynical about international football, but uh, even you must have got swept up a little bit. I am. No, there's there some there's some really good games, and you know I'm not a massive follower of England, but I thought England were very unlucky against France in the quarterfinal. Yeah. I thought that they probably should have gone through. The final was wonderful. Mm. And also just getting throughout the tournament, George's twat or not a twat penalty verdict was also enjoyable. Yes, absolutely. George, what did you think about those penalties? The, Span the Spanish penalties, uh, I, I was sitting watching that thinking George Culkin is going to be going mental. Well, I know that I was pleased they went out because they were such terrible penalties. They deserved to go out for that alone. <laughs> but then Harry Kane... Well, he, he twatted. He twatted that uh, one, didn't yeah, he? but you've got to, you've got to twat on target. I mean, there's no point twatting off but target. When you twat, do you not? You surely lose some of the accuracy when you twat, and this is what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean that's a point. I mean, yeah, you've got to hit the target with whatever penalty. I mean, I think that I didn't like the messy penalty that he took uh, in so the shootout clever. because so that's so soft. Yeah, I mean, the keeper almost had time to like stop and. Move back and pick that up. To get to the ball, though, did he? Well, I know. I like. Down. I think if you twat a penalty and you miss, then you've done everything possible to score, <laughs> except with Kane, who missed. You've got to hit the target. <laughs> but did you like Chris Wood's penalty the weekend? That was that was good. That was a good. very good penalty. Yeah, it was nicely twatted, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a it was twat, good. It was, yeah, perfectly uh, twatted. How oh, then? England were pretty good, weren't they? Southgate's probably staying in the job, um, so it's one less problem for us to worry about. Eddie Howe looking like he's probably the next cab off the rank as far as England manager goes. Um, but you know, England were all right. Yeah, I thought they were decent. I mean, apart from the game against um, America, USA, which was pretty terrible. Um, no, I thought they did well. Bellingham coming through was obviously really good. He's some player. He, he is some player. I mean, a bit sad that Trippier. Uh, kind of went out of the team, although Kyle Walker did well and would have liked to have seen a bit more from, from Callum. But um, 
But no, I Very thought they did well. Assist, didn't he, Callum? He did. Yeah, yeah. No, Very unselfish, that. It's just, I mean, the, the interesting thing, I mean, obviously England always used to go out in the quarterfinals and it used to then be followed by this, like, you know, national gnashing and wailing and teeth and, <laughs> you know, it's not good enough and there's introspection and stuff like that. Yeah. The kind of nice thing about this is that it's been done without any of that sort of bullshit and bollocks and they've gone on with it and he's got another go and I'm pleased about that. The players like him, everyone likes him. So, yeah, I'm pleased with that. Yeah. Well, Newcastle's players in the majority were used sparingly, weren't they, by the by their teams, Chris? Um, Fabian Shea played a few games, had a stinker, didn't he? That, that, that game when apparently he wasn't feeling very well uh, and he gave away, I think he gave away a penalty let a goal go past him and got booked all in the space of about 10 minutes it wasn't a great uh, showing from him in that game Newcastle players were just desperate to return to, to, get, to they get wanted home, to yeah. be back there they wanted to be <laughs> here proper for serious the, exactly this yeah. is the, they didn't want to leave in the first place Bruno side maybe the rest of them just yeah they wanted to be here part of of project shit how is we absolutely all the way to cut half of that tin pot nonsense tell you what Fred, Fred must be a really good footballer to keep Bruno out of the team mustn't he I know that's incredible he did that's it. a joke because clearly he's not a very good footballer no but look Bruno play, visibly made Brazil better when he played. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, yeah, I thought that was he very did strange. Sit though, didn't he? So he did. I mean, he came on in that. He was he was quite erratic, and that that was actually erotic. The game where we erotic. <laughs> it was quite erotic. erotic. He's always, he's always yeah, erotic. I think so. Yeah, yeah. nipples uh, visibly erect when he came. I'm not on talking about pitch. Fabian Shea. I mean, he's, he's <laughs> also erotic. Yeah, yeah. yeah but, but that was that was actually the game. Actually, when we, also when we were watching the Bruno uh, game when he didn't start at Rio. It kept on showing highlights of the other game, which is the one Cher was playing in, where there was yeah. like a goal every few minutes, whereas the game we watched was absolutely crap for 90 minutes until it was we the goal. Were, so so we'd, we'd been dispatched to this steakhouse to watch Bruno, and then like the fear was we were going to get a call from one of the bosses saying, does anyone in the big market do fondue? <laughs> and you can go and, watch Swiss, go and watch Switzerland instead. Oh, man. What is, you know, watching football while eating, anyway. Yeah. Unbelievable. Um, Garan Kuyol as well, Chris. He, uh, he nearly uh, nearly scored, nearly equalised against the world champions uh, as they are now. An incredible moment for him, but amazing that he got to go to the World Cup in the first place. And it should give him an awful lot of experience and it'll, you know, put him on a good standing for when he comes back to Newcastle. Well, comes to Newcastle in the first place. He doesn't, well, he well I suppose he's quite, he came when he, when he signed, but when he... Yeah. he he came on actually against the former world champions in the first game, France, and was sort of anonymous, really, and then didn't feature until that game when he did. He did come on, and he was very, very unlucky actually. That I thought he was he'd done everything right, really. There wasn't much he could yeah. have. It was a very good save that, that denied him in that match, and he's he's gone back uh, to Central Coast Mariners because his transfer is an official till January the first. He's played, made his first league start the weekend, got an assist. Yes, so yeah. yeah, so the, the plan for him is still to go out on loan in January, but good to see him get that sort of experience, and and, and he's. he's seems really excited about coming across. I was, um, because I'm old, I'm like one of the sort of senior citizen writers of The Athletic, <laughs> I was asked to give kind of all my predictions for the tournament and mm. that's problematic because I don't know anything about football beyond Newcastle and I don't know anything about Newcastle either. So <laughs> this was, so I needed some help with this. So I asked Chris, who's my, who's my pick for potential young player of the tournament? And Chris said, I'll oh, just say him. So I said him and I, that made me look like a fool, didn't it, Chris? What were your other predictions? Didn't you say England were going to win it? I said England were going to win it, but then I, covered, I then caveated that by saying England wouldn't win it. <laughs> You've covered all the bases there, haven't you? Basically? And I said there'd be a load of shocks, which I was correct about. You asked the man who knows nothing about international football who was going to be this. Well, he knows even less than me, yeah. 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 Terrible stuff. Um, the rest of the squad, uh, they had another little trip to Saudi Arabia as well, including a comfortable win against Al Halal. It was an interesting one, that. I watched that game on. Uh, on NUFC TV with a friend of the podcast, Mark Allenson, doing the commentary. It was an interesting afternoon. Kept calling Jason Tyndall, mad dog. Uh, it was a good game, though, and uh, Joe Linton got on the score sheet. Miguel Almiron got a couple as well. And, uh, an easy little run out, wasn't it? Well, so, it was Al-Halal's reserves, but yeah. Was it Was it the reserves? Because most of their squad had been at the World Cup with Saudi Arabia, so it was actually oh. the reserves, but yeah. See, the, you know little about international football. I know even less about Saudi Arabian football, so there we go. So I had a chat with Mark Allison, who did the commentary, uh, a.k.a. Run, Jordy Run, you'll know him from, from Twitter. And of course, he was asked, yes, he was asked with a couple of hours notice yes. on that Saudi trip to do the commentary, which is like this just great, that's great, you know, great, great story. And he said, um, yeah, he, he like said he's still on kind of cloud nine and he met uh, he met everybody afterwards and was able to do a little video with Mad Dog and he, um, <laughs> he left him a message. But anyway, I had a nice chat with him. So one other little connection, right, is that he has a new puppy 
He does. And his puppy is a cousin of your puppy. That's correct. So your puppy named George after yes. me. And no. uh, yes, after no. me. And he says that he wanted to name his puppy Chris. Is that right? Yeah. But well, Donna, his wife, ruled that out. Something. Well, his, his puppy's actually called Orla. Yes. Uh, which is the Irish name, which means golden princess. Right. And if we had got a girl puppy instead of a boy puppy, that's what we were going to call her. That's spooky. There you go. Coincidental. But the, instead, it was the big, the big yeah. male figure in your life. So it was either, it was either whatever princess or Chris. <laughs> yeah, Chris. Chris is quite a good name. Chris is quite. I used to have a cat called Barry. I thought that was a good name it's for a, a strong cat. name for a dog, isn't it? Chris. Chris. Yeah, Chris. <laughs> I, I used. I also used to have a cat called Fanny, and I thought that was very funny. Funny, it was funny that it was funny. No, funny that it was funny. Until Careful. until <laughs> until she went missing, and then I had to shout at the sound on my doorstep. Shout, Fanny, <laughs> come come here, Fanny. I've definitely been sacked if I haven't. Um, should I just resign? I don't know. Am I getting sacked? I'm getting sacked. Yeah. Let's anyway, move on. You'd asked about Saudi Arabia, and yes, <laughs> yeah. Newcastle did go, go did go to Saudi Arabia uh, last time in January. They went to Jeddah. This time they went Riyadh. Yep. And there was more than a hundred representatives of Newcastle United went across because they took across like a commercial team and loads of yeah. others, and basically they signed off on loads of uh, deals, sponsorships for various different things with uh, gaming companies yeah. and. Uh, Saudi for sponsored the trip going across the air, the air trip. And then also, as well as the commercial events, um, they met some fans out there, Eddie Howe and, and Darren Eels and some of the others. And then also they had uh, some quite brutal, I think, training sessions to try and get right. them ready. Because it's basically, as Howe kept referring to it, as a mini pre-season, Ooh. which sort of annoys me when people refer to that because it's like, well, it's actually in the middle of a season, so it's not a pre-season. But, the, 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 but they had actually less time... Strange thing to get annoyed about. That, it is, really. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. A, not that, like you're a pedant or anything, Chris. <laughs> less, less, less time <laughs> in the, that, uh, less time than the, you would in pre-season, so it was all sort of trying to, to push everything together yeah. and get it through uh, quite quickly. And I think, because uh, the players basically had a fortnight off, so yeah. had lost a little bit of the, the rhythm and and, uh, and fitness so to get them I, back up to where they were. I love the idea that one of them might have came back really fat. <laughs> that would have been amazing. Well, actually, I know that during the summer that um, that a couple of players had come back uh, a little, a little bit, bit over. Yeah, a little bit over as to where they were expected to be. Uh, and But I, I don't know whether that happened on this occasion. I remember going th- going around the training ground when um, when Alan Pardew was manager when I was part of the fans forum. We got a little tour on the training ground, and they had the 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 list on the wall of all the players' body fat percentages when they came back off the summer. And Adam Benoff was just like way beyond <laughs> everybody on the list. It was like thirty four percent body fat or something. It was just it was essentially kebabs at that point. He was just couldn't believe it. But you know, it wasn't a surprise. Put it that way. As yeah. now, I imagine if you add all of them together, it would probably have less body fat than me. So. <laughs> Very true. Yeah, I wish I was that fat. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then uh, Newcastle beat Rye Vicano at St James's Park uh, on Saturday, and it was nice to see Florian Lejeune turn out at St James's Park. He got a lovely response when he it came was. on the pitch. Uh, on, the that, that on the bench, on the bench at St James's as well, isn't it? On the bench at St James's Park, not for the first time in his career. <laughs> in his career, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm amazed to see him fit, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I was going to say that Rai Vaiakano kit's beautiful, isn't it? Lovely, it was I lovely. I love that kit. Yeah, it's really nice. Yeah, That's beautiful. not what you said before the game. You said I don't like that. Did I? I've got. I can't even remember what colour it was. I was just it was agreeing red with, with the sort of dash, the, the sort of. Uh, oh no, I, I love a like, sash. No, I know I didn't like that sash kit. You know, like no, I didn't like that. No. No. So yeah, if I can just retract what <laughs> I said, I'm going to do that again. Then, right, we'll do that I again. thought it was blue and white. I was <laughs> thinking, was it was it blue? I can't remember. I must say as well, George, that Rye Vaiakano kit's lovely, isn't it? Gorgeous. Yeah, absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, loved it. Blue and white stripes. But it, I mean, it, the, just speaking of the friendly, because we we are recording this podcast on the Monday, so this will sort of be old news by the time it comes out. But I just want to the, the last couple of days have been strange in the sense that Eddie Howe, who is usually quite coy on team news anyway, has basically managed to create a situation where there was doubts over Callum Wilson's fitness. To which he then came out this morning and said, I don't know where all this stuff about Callum Wilson's fitness came out of. But basically, he was asked after the game on Saturday, because in, in the Rayo Valley corner game, he played a very strong first 11. Yeah. But the bench was entirely made up of kids. Mm-hmm. Part of the reason for that was Newcastle had had a behind-closed-door game on the Friday. So some of the players, um, that in terms of their fitness loads and things like that. But Howe was asked after the game about various different players' fitness. He was asked about Alexander Isak, who he said, yeah, well, we're hopeful for Tuesday but we haven't got a return date on him and he hasn't trained yet. So it's like, well, there's no chance. So he's, he's not coming on Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Wilson, he basically said, um, I don't want to give anything away on that. Mm. So obviously over the next couple of days, there's a lot of, well, 
what's happening with Callum Wilson. Wouldn't speak about Dan Byrne, who didn't feature Joe Linton, Miguel Almiron. So then at his press conference this morning, he was asked about them. <laughs> he, he completely shut me down when I asked I asked him directly. Yeah, too, Chris. We all, we've, already, we've already established I, I, that he can't stand I asked you. him about Joe Linton, Dan Byrne. <laughs> And Miguel Almiron, and he just replied with, he stopped for a second, and then he just said, you'll find out when the team sheet comes out. <laughs> but he was also, he was asked about Wilson, to which he said, um, to which he said, yeah, I don't know where all the stuff's coming about. I've never, I've never said there's a problem with Wilson. He's fine. And it's like, well, why didn't you just say that on Saturday? So there's been a weird sort of almost injury crisis that is an injury crisis. I think he intimated, didn't he, that he said that a, a couple of players he'd have to be cautious with. Yeah. And there would be one or two. And I think people sort of took that as being Callum Wilson because he'd had a little bit of an injury problem when he was away at the World Cup. But it just sounds like you've been pissing him off in the press conferences. No, I, th- I, I don't know. I think it's a bit different. I think it's, I think it's that sort of control freakery that he has. I mean that yeah. with a, I mean that in a nice way. And that he wants to kind of keep information in house. I mean, so for mm. a long time it's been a very, very leaky football club. We know that. And as journalists, we want it to be leaky yeah. because that's how you kind of get find stories. As a fan, I'm quite happy for stuff to be yeah. kept in house and for people to get be kept guessing about fitness and things like that because obviously it keeps the opposition well, it, yeah. guessing as well so it's that kind of quite interesting thing where yes you want to know stuff and you want information and of course at press conferences you want your questions to be answered and get great quotes because that's what you want but eddie is just not the kind of manager to do that and part of me respects that and it sort of it reminds me a little bit of the of the kind of Chris Hewton days. I mean, you know, I adore Chris Hewton. I still do. I did at the time, you know, just a brilliant human being. His press conferences were awful because he just wouldn't say anything. He never said anything. But it was was just what Newcastle needed at the time. They needed an end to all that sort of up and down nonsense. And I think there's a bit of that with how he could say stuff. And occasionally he does. But, you know, in terms of team news, he wants to keep that to himself. And I don't don't disagree with you. And and I just think... You almost see the issue with them. It's not that he didn't. He actually he, his his own words on Saturday created this one stroke by basically yeah. saying about Wilson. I don't want to give anything away. If he just said, uh, "Yeah, yeah, he's back. We're checking on everyone's in terms of fitness levels or whatever where they are because he just come back," then it wouldn't have been a story. But it would almost be yeah, yeah. too. It, uh, he created his own conspiracy yeah. almost. Yeah. Sorry, I was busy adjusting my hat there while you were talking, Chris. I didn't, yeah, uh, didn't realise you'd finished. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, are we all back up to speed then in that case? Is everyone happy? Uh, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Well, let's move on. We'll have a quick break and we'll be back in a tick. But don't forget, you can go to theathletic.com forward slash Newcastle pod right now where you can pick up a subscription to The Athletic and pay less than £2 a month for 12 months. What a great Christmas present that would be for somebody. Back in a moment. Hi there, Steve Stone here. Just want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year at Pod on the Tyne. And we wish list for the new year for Newcastle United. Well, hopefully more the same, but if I'm really going to be greedy, I'm looking for Champions League qualification. Happy New Year, everybody. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Right then, uh, it's our Christmas show, uh, so we're going to be looking back over the year just gone. Yes, I just wanted to say, you said before that break that it's two 
two what two quid a month to subscribe. Less than two pounds. Less than two punts. Puns. Are you all right? No, I think I've had a stroke. <laughs> so less than two pounds a month to subscribe. And I'd just like to say, you know, this sounds like very earnest. It's you know Christmas time, not like making a plea for money, but it's it's that little investment that allows Chris and I to get dressed up in really stupid shirts and eat a shitload of meat and drink cocktails. You're paying directly for that, so please carry on. Money well spent. That's worth £2 of anybody's money. Thank you, yes, that's what I think. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, so, uh, like I said, it's a Christmas show. We're looking back over the year just gone, and let's be honest, it's been a bit of a spectacular year on the football pitch, hasn't it, George? What would your highlights be for the year? Oh, blimey. Your Um, footballing highlights. Well, I mean, it's at times like this that I wish I'd thought about that in advance because, yeah. because as you know, I can't remember anything. Uh, yeah. Chris? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's been, it's been, it's puzzling almost when you look back at the turn of, of the year and you think that at that stage, Newcastle had still only won one game in terms of in the entire yeah. part of that well, the previous season that we were yeah. in, and at that stage, it was thinking there could there could genuinely be the quote unquote richest club in the world in the championship next season, and then yeah. they're ending it third in the Premier League, and uh, just basically with the fifth best form in the entire stuff. Premier League throughout the year. It's the, been an astonishing year overall, hasn't it? I mean, it's yeah. yeah, it's been absolutely, it's been incredible. Yeah, as Chris says, that Leeds game at the start of the year, proper jeopardy. You know, proper jeopardy on that game. I think it was like that, that had to happen. And then, but then, you know, those moments at the end of last season, Arsenal that stands out for that stands out for obvious reasons. Man City stands out. Uh, Tottenham stands out this season. But just just that feeling of going yeah. back to St James's and wanting to be there, longing to be there all the way through this World Cup. I've had that thought that. You know that shouldn't be happening. It sh- we should be yeah. we should be watching Newcastle now. It's winter. It's like I I want to be I want to be outside with other people watching football live. Absolutely, yeah. And it's like oh god, it's just so good. So no, in all seriousness, those that footballing terms, those are the those are the highlights. It's just been it's just been an astonishing year. It has. I mean, as far as football and highlights go for me, I've got two words for you, Chris Boff. Miguel Almiron. No, Miguel Almiron. What a year that M- month. Miguel, George, isn't it? Miguel. <laughs> Miguel. Miggy. Well, an absolutely astonishing four months. But yeah. Chris. But no, but, uh, but I am being... Christmas we, Grinch. The reason we had, the, the reason we had this conversation all through this season is because it came to pre-season and I still doubted him from that. So basically, since, since July, he's been the best player in the Premier League just about. It was nice actually during the World Cup wasn't it? The, Jack Grealish did an in, did interviews with with everybody and he yes. talked he talked about that and he actually came out of it very very well. He did that had that beautiful goal celebration as well um which was like very nice but no he was he was lovely about uh Miggy I thought. He was so. it was Matt Target wasn't it who he spoke to about That's it, right. Said, yeah, that's right. I hope please he's all t- right. please tell him please, <laughs> please tell him, tell him not to come yeah. and looking for me. Yeah. Uh, I hope he's okay. And Matt yeah. Target replied with he's a lovely lad. Yeah, don't he doesn't worry. speak much English. Well yeah, I'm glad <laughs> I'm glad that he. I'm glad from that as well because it, that means it isn't just journalisty pies in the press. And when he comes through and says that he can't speak English, if he can't actually speak to his teammates as well, that's yeah. reassuring. To <laughs> but no, he's, he's be, the. I mean, that is what we we hope to see over the course of the next few weeks is that he he, lift, he picks up where he left off, and that's what I think there was a bit of concern. He didn't play on Saturday. I mm. think he will play tomorrow night, and this is obviously just coming out after that because he in Saudi Arabia he continued to perform. Yeah, yeah, he I looked mean, sharp. His, his two finishes were brilliant. Oh, he came beautiful. on; it was just, oh, he's excellent, and that's the, the confidence that he has, the, the clarity of what he's being asked to do. He's he's been he has been another revelation under uh, um, Eddie Howe. He has been. How there has been howifications as well as he's not. I doubted it, and thankfully he's he has massively proven me wrong. And I just hope he continues that from this stage on because he was he was deservedly Premier League player. But then if we're yeah, and if we're looking at if we're looking at those players, you know, this is not new stuff that we're saying. But Trippier, of course, has been absolutely immense. Um, Bruno has just been out of this world, one of the best footballers we've seen at Newcastle for a long time. And then of course you're talking Jalinton, the Jalinton. Jules Naissance, can't say that either. <laughs> Jules Naissance, um, Nick Pope, 
Uh, we're yep. talking about Sean Longstaff this season. Players all over the pitch. You've just been fantastic. It's just been great. Was it this year that Joe Linton kicked the ball off his own face as well, though? Was that? No, I think was that, last, was. that was. Last was that last year? year? Oh, it was right on the cusp. I can't remember. Oh, can't remember. But anyway, we'll just remember that moment. We can just remember that anyway because that was great. But it's it's been a it's been a great year for the squad in general, hasn't it? A lot of those players who maybe under other managers in the past might not have uh, looked like they were going to have any kind of long term career. I'm thinking of Fabian Cher coming in, and and he's got a great partnership at the back now with Sven Botman, and you wouldn't start anybody else over them too, would you? Nope. No, absolutely not. And, you know, they've found a way to keep Dan Byrne in the team who hadn't done anything wrong. Dan Byrne's, been, Dan Byrne's been brilliant. I mean, again, you, you just look at every position, really, and there's no weaknesses. You look at people like Jacob Murphy, who'd been discarded, who's come in, you know, he's made himself, uh, you know, a really important player. And all those players that have come into the team, come into the squad, have contributed. What we said at the start of the season, the squad may be too weak for Newcastle to prosper if they get any injuries, but they've had injuries and they've prospered. It's been brilliant. Ollie, your producer just showed me that it was this year that Joe Linton kicked the ball off his own face. Oh, good. February. Good. Earning his money there, Ollie. Well done. Excellent stuff. Um, yeah, so progress has been made off the pitch as well, hasn't it, with, with Darren Eels and Dan Ashworth. They seem to be ready to take Newcastle to the next level. There's lots of commercial stuff going on. There's lots of stuff going on behind the scenes, sponsorship, etc., etc., etc. What's the next step for Newcastle after this? Well, it's more of that. I mean, it's about, everything is about bringing in money so that yeah. they can spend more money. Um, so that's really, really, really important. I mean, I'm told that they made money from the trip to Saudi, so that's good. Excellent. Um, we know about little bits and bobs of uh, sponsorship they took to kind of get there and then had over there, so that's that's good. Front of shirt, you know, that stuff is still going on. That's really important. I mean, it's quite an interesting conversation that now because if you think about how Newcastle looked a couple of mon months ago yeah flying doing really well but you wonder how much they could get for front of shirt as a Champions League club than they might do if they're not I mean so that does that change negotiations on that anyway I know that they're talking to people about that yeah I mean it's all about that it's all about growing we we know that you know they can't they can't just keep spending money on players and not bring anything in which is how it's been really over the first over the first kind of 18 months or so so it's about it's about those next steps uh, and talking about uh, january and the, and the next steps as far as the squad's concerned uh, deals won't be easy to do in january will they chris but you never know do newcastle have a plan going forward are they going to try and push as much as they can to take that step to get to the champions league to make sure that it happens or they kind of have the plans changed or are they sticking with what they have in the first place well, I've written a piece which will go up on Boxing Day, um, sort of looking ahead to the to the January window. But I have already written that basically the pursuit of Champions League football this season is not really going to change Newcastle's plans, or at least that is the information coming out at the moment. And before I go into anything else, I'm going to caveat everything I say by everything is this has been the messages going in the previous two windows and then Yasel Ramayan joined in the conversation and suddenly Newcastle have, and have loosened the yeah. purse strings but I do think this one will be different in the sense that the squad is a lot deeper than it was Howe is very happy with it he would like to bring in players and I think Ashworth's receptive to doing that as well Darren Eels has come in and obviously he's looking at the sort of FFP scenario and where Newcastle are in that sense and I think that really the, the idea is that the majority of spending going forward will, will be during summer windows when it's more conducive to, to doing business, to, to certainly making significant surgery to the squad. But I, I, I do think there could be maybe one or two out, possibly one in, maybe mm. two, if, if you're pushing it right, a young right back to provide backup for Kieran Trippier. Obviously, Trippier started every game this season, yeah. but missed a lot of uh, the second half of last season due to injury and... Mail crafts out for the campaign. Yeah. Javier Manquillo doesn't really, doesn't really seem to fancy him anyhow. So I think a young right back is potentially one. We know that longer term we would like a number six, probably not one for January because I think it'll be a bit expensive. But that could be positioned also, although it's not the right sided forward they were necessarily looking for last summer, specifically because of Miguel Almiron's form. They may look to bring yeah. in a, in a forward as well. And so I, I think that someone like Ryan Fraser may go out, Jamal mm. Lewis may go out and loan, but it, it's not going to be, I wouldn't have thought, four players in, five players in, and then quite a few go out the door because I think that they're, they're, they're waiting until next summer to do the majority of the surgery. Yeah, they had to act in January. I mean, they had to do remedial, you know, surgery then and they've 
you know, went along kind of similar lines in the summer in terms of quality. I had a conversation with somebody at the at the top of the club today, and it was like, you know, having a laugh about the World Cup. See anybody you fancied? You know, oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, all of them. Yeah, lo- you know, love them, fancy loads of the players. Can't afford them though. And so again, that is the sort of narrative. Chris is right. That's been said before. I think it's been said genuinely. I, you know, I, I don't think that's been said to try and put people off the. Sent. I think there is a very, you know, there's a very kind of consistent message that they do have to be careful about FFP and all that. They've found a way of making it work, but just to repeat, you know, they're not, they haven't yet started bringing in the big money yeah. um, in terms of commercial deals. And until they do that, then they are going to be hamstrung a bit. You know, the the great thing about the club at the minute is that we know that, you know, in six months, in a year, the squad will be better, the team will be better. One thing that's also been talked about a lot internally is that they just haven't seen Isak yet. I mean, so we've seen those couple well, of games. This is what I was going to call you know, next. It, yeah. is, it is a cliche, but, you know, they are talking about that, saying that, you know, Wilson has had a, you know, has uh, until he went away to the World Cup, you know, he has been fit, he's been playing well, he's yeah. been available. The idea of Isak coming into that with the front, you know, we, when you've got St. Maxima, who's not featured too much, when you've got Almiron, who's been playing brilliantly, that does change the dynamic. That's mm-hmm. very interesting. It's something Chris has written about in the last in the last week or so as well. Um, so they're very excited about him and seeing him properly because they just haven't yet. Where does Alexander Isak fit into this now, Chris? Because there's been a lot of chat about that recently. And does he play a second fiddle to Callum Wilson? Is he going to come in as a wide forward and maybe he's play? I mean, because he doesn't keep Miguel Almer on out the team at the minute, does he? Maybe he keeps Alan to maximum out of the team, but it's not really his position playing on the left-hand side, is it? No, I mean, I have, as George said, I've written about this, and so you can read a bit more in depth. But the interesting thing about Isak is that he hasn't actually trained with Callum Wilson yet. The two of them have not wow. even been on the training pitch at the same time because Wilson was injured when he arrived. Yeah. And then, oh, in full training anyway, and then Isak himself has, has been injured. So it's it's something which they thought that maybe the two of them could play together, but it remains theoretical because they haven't actually trained together in, yeah. in that sense. And because of Miguel Almiron's form, he is a shoo-in to play on the right wing now. So and It's you, an awful lot of money for a second fiddle, isn't it? Well, it, it is, but but I think if you look at it, in, I mean, they want they want depth, and also for someone like Isak, he got thrown in immediately when he came in and did very very well, certainly yeah. with Liverpool. But for, coming back from this injury, which he's had a, had a recurrence from, rather than have to be forced at the team, if Callum Wilson's fit and available, he starts uh, through the middle, and then you've mentioned. Sam Maximan. In theory, Sam Maximan, I do think, will will come back in the team. And again, that that changes the dynamic slightly Mm -hmm. because you've had uh, Murphy there, or you've had Joe Linton there, or you've had had Fraser there. When Joe Linton plays there, it's almost like interchanging with Joe Willock. Sam Maximan, I think, will be key in games like, for example, the Bournemouth and Palace games early in the season when he wasn't there and Newcastle couldn't break them down. Teams with a low block, he'll be key. But you also do lose something in terms of what he does off the ball. I know a lot of people made comments about how much, how hard he was working off the ball on Saturday. I'll be interested to see how how long that continues for. But that that then probably means Joe Linton plays left side of midfield, so he changes the dynamic of the team. So I think that to begin with, they won't rush Isak into the team. I think it probably will be him or Wilson from the start of games. Probably Wilson most of the time to begin with. Then Isak may come on, and the two of them may play together. Mm. And then you can see a few combinations going forward. But there isn't the need to get him in the team as quickly and I think that that's key as well whereas when he first came in maybe there was There's just a nice thing that Alan Shearer wrote, Alan Shearer wrote about Mbappe and Messi straight after the uh, World Cup final and one of the things he mentioned sort of towards the end of that was about how they you know it doesn't quite work the two of them playing together at PSG because you've mm. got Mbappe who doesn't want to run back and Messi who can't anymore <laughs> Yeah. Um, and w- within their own teams that doesn't, it's, you know, within the teams of France and Argentina, that doesn't matter too much, and they're kind of all built around yeah. the pair of them. But put them together, and it causes problems. I mean, I'm just, it's, it is fascinating that with Newcastle and Saint Maximan, because one of the things they've been so good at is that aggression, as you say, Chris, off the, the ball rate. and the work yeah. rate and the intensity and the yep. and the you know the dark arts, if you want to put it like that. But you know that they've all been properly at it, and they've caused teams problems. As you say, off the ball, St. Maximan doesn't do that. So can he do that or do they have to change the way they play? Absolutely. Right then, before we move on, uh, the women's team as well have been doing pretty well. Uh, They go into 2023, one point behind the league leaders, Durham Sestria. One point behind Durham Sestria. I mean, impressive stuff from the women. Basically, since I've stopped 
going to watch them live. That's <laughs> happened. That, I missed it? the last missed the last few games. Yeah, um, didn't see uh, didn't see the cup. They lost to Wolves in the cup, didn't they? Uh, from the division above, so that was a bit of a pity. But I think they did pretty well. And yeah, no, they're. I mean, it's you have to remember it's been a summer of transition for them as well. They brought in lots of players, getting used to it. It's a brutal, brutal league. It was great to see Amanda Staveley there, sort of in the dressing room. I think it was before the yes. uh, the St James's game, wasn't it? And um, you know, saying that there's been this uh, sort of pressure on them to get in the Champions League. I mean, that was from her, you know from her. She talked about this race with the men's team to get into the Champions League. But she's also saying it's not all about season, this season. It's about growth. But yeah, as quickly as possible, it would be great to happen. And it's yeah, good to see them doing well. Can we just mention those two goals that they scored at St. James's Park as well, the women's team? Absolutely astonishing. One of them was about 45 yards out. Yeah, they were absolutely brilliant. And that was another uh, wonderful occasion for the women's team. Hopefully they're going to play their game before the end of the season. And you can see again that the... The fervour for people to get there and and families to to be able to come into St James. We keep talking about how difficult it is to get a ticket for the match at the friendly at the weekend. Thirty five thousand nearly there for the men's team, and then you, you, they broke their own record for 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 that match. So that was brilliant as well. Wonderful stuff. Uh, right then, just before we uh, we move on, chaps, let's have some podcast highlights and lowlights from you. Uh, a highlight from the podcast, Chris George. <laughs> I can't. Yeah, what? I can't remember anything. You can't remember. Was. You can't remember anything. Well, that we just talked. We just sat around talking well, shit well, about well, that we've I'd, done. I still can't decide whether it was a highlight or a lowlight. Any guests we had? But Alan Shearer did absolutely have my life. Alan so Shearer rinsing you. Oh yeah, that was a yeah. highlight for me. Good yeah. Bad. But then I um, I appeared in a I appeared in a, in a rival podcast uh, live at the stand that um, it was to do with the eighteen ninety two pledge scheme when two hundred grand was handed over to local charities it was great but I was on the stage with Shearer and Harper and they still had that sort of dressing room banter thing lads, going lads, on banter, together banter, lads, lads. I, I, honestly I I was I was just torn to shreds I was like a kitten in a lion's den it was horrible so I fi- I kind of have a bit more I can't really. I can't really sort of take the piss out of Chris for that because I'm still mentally scarred yeah. from that episode. I mean, in terms of guests, I think my favorite, I think, I mean, I wasn't even on the podcast that week, but I thought Paul Ferris was an excellent guest. I thought he was very, very Paul good. Paul was great, wasn't he? Yeah. Oh, yeah, he was great. Yeah, I remember that now. One of my favorite things was Chris having to eat humble pie every week for about six weeks in a row when when Miguel Amaron kept scoring Yeah, but he goals. didn't know, did he? That's the thing, he didn't. He was, yeah, yeah, it's good to see, yeah, he scored no, a goal, he, he but, kinda, it, but it was a fluke. Yeah, it was a fluke, yeah. He had yeah, a sniff yeah. of the humble pie, didn't he? But he didn't go all in and, and eat it. He had he nibbled on the humble pie, yeah, <laughs> he, he nibbled. I, um, I was, gen- away at Craven College, I was genuinely in disbelief when he scored that volley. I didn't, I refused to believe that it was, but having seen subsequently, he does mean it. But at the time, I refused to believe, I will admit. That was brilliant. Chris? Do us a favour, just open your Christmas present there before we... Uh, before I we have a feeling further. I know what this is now. Um, <laughs> so this is from this is from Ollie, our producer. Well, it's not, it's it's not Miguel Amaron, is it? No, but maybe it's it is. No, big, isn't it, it is, in fact, roasted vegetable lasagna. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. That was a low light, wasn't it? Let's be honest. Chris <laughs> sitting on his bed in his pants. Oh yeah, God, I forgot about that because he'd burnt his his own cock with um with. <laughs> no, with that's a different story that we haven't talked about on the podcast. Yes, <laughs> we haven't talked about that before. Come on, but have we have to now. What? Chris burnt his oh, own maybe cock. this was after well, that, the podcast. That was during the World Cup. That was during the World Cup. All right, t- sorry. Tell everyone. Oh, I've, I've ruined this. No, I haven't ruined it because I've made you remember it and you've gone bright red. So that's perfect. <laughs> so, come on then, t- tell that story. You tell the story, Chris. Come on. Chris burnt his own. Oh no! <laughs> so, no, I'd made. I was making a cup of tea. I'd poured the tea into, into the mug in front of me. Then something fell out of the the cupboard above, knocked the scalding tea down my frontage. <laughs> and yes, I had to whip my trousers. Well, no, it was actually shorts and shorts because I was about to go for a run. Uh, and I had to whip my shorts off. But I had. A, I did get burns around a sensitive area. <laughs> Not actually. He then told me. About, he, t- he like told me about it as well. It's like Chris, you. It's the haplessness. Gotta be careful what I said because also during the World Cup, I went for a pint with Chris and his dad, and he's like, "His dad, yeah, I listen to the podcast every week." And it was, oh like, god, it's like, oh god, it's like, oh no. 
it's like I, oh, I'm sorry about everything I've ever said about your son, but then you surely realise he's an idiot. So <laughs> he might be an idiot, but he's my idiot. Yeah, well, yeah. There's a bit of that. so yeah, sorry, that was a different time that you burnt your cock. What did you do with the lasagna? No, I'd been. I was playing football as I do, and would recorded later on. And it was a boiling hot day, and I was very, very warm. So I refused to come on camera because I was I wasn't wearing a top. Oh yes, it was very, very. He was warm. just sitting in his pants eating lasagna, but I was also eating my dinner because I just got in here. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, that does ring a bell. Yeah. What an absolute tableau of despair that is. Yeah. In his wow. pants. Yeah, well, th- thanks for that, George. Yeah, that was. Great. You're welcome. You're very welcome. <laughs> Maybe that's the highlight. Oh, I don't think there's a better place to break and move on. Back in a moment. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you brought that up. That's amazing. happy christmas lads top three for christmas as well so i think it's going to be a good one and i've asked santa to keep us in the top four until the end of the season i'm pretty sure i'm on the nice list as well so hopefully i'm going to get my wish but i hope you all have a wonderful christmas and keep up the brilliant work in the new year toon toon black white army ho 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 Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is supported by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the city's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher league. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenge and rise again into League One? FX's Welcome to Wrexham premieres May 2nd on FX. Stream on Hulu. So, Eddie Howe, Shithouse and Mags will be back in action on Tuesday night facing Bournemouth in the League Cup. Chris, the Eddie Howe derby, they should win, shouldn't they? Taylor, Taylor, we're recording this before the match and it's coming out after the match right we've already had to re-record this section once why are you asking him about something that's already happened when people are listening to it because it's in the running order and as you know i'm like ron burgundy i just read what's in front of me (laughs) um surely this is pointless for all the lovely listeners I don't know. I don't think it's, we, should we just it's, say, it's, it's, it's quite it's quite a big game. It's quite important. Yeah, okay, all right. Okay. Let's mention it. Come, do, come to me first. Come to, come to me first. George. Yes. The Eddie Howe derby, Newcastle against Bournemouth. Yes, I would like to say that was an absolutely brilliant victory from Newcastle United on Tuesday night in the League Cup. And I can't wait for the draw to see who they play next. Was that good? That'll do. That'll do. Chris, you're going to be sensible. Can... It is a very big game because... Newcastle have the chance to get into the was was a very big game and had the chance. <laughs> yes, touche. But they can get into to the, to the last eight. One one of Man City and Liverpool are going to be out by that stage as well. Newcastle could well be out as well, but we, we believe they're going to get through. <laughs> I um, feel like we're going to need a DeLorean to make this make yeah, sense because at the minute it doesn't. But this is a huge opportunity. This really is a huge opportunity for them to try and go deep into this competition the finals in february it won't take that long before that comes around and also but also if you if you remove the the fact that it is that they have the chance to go on and win a trophy how was asked this morning at his press conference on monday morning um and he he was basically he was basically asked is this good is it good to have this game before the premier league match because you want to be back and be ready and he said well yes in one sense it is but also our focus is not on Leicester. Our focus is on Bournemouth. Yeah. We want to be physically ready for this game. We want to be prepped for this. And he is approaching this as, as a very important match. He was funny because he, 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 he always gets a bit defensive about his previous cup record when he was at Bournemouth because 
he didn't go that deep in any any of the competitions, and that's because he was a team who really couldn't compete in that sense. But but he he, he refused to say that he, he that he was prioritizing the cup this year more than in previous years. But he's able to because he has the squad to be able to do it. He has the ambition from Newcastle United to go for that, and so. I do think we will see it will have been a strong team on Tuesday and the focus is, is to win that game. It's not just another friend, another warm-up essentially for yeah. the Leicester game. This is a very important game in its own right. I'd just like to apologise to everybody who's had to listen to that having already known what the score was in the Bournemouth game. <laughs> I mean, that was just the worst bit of broadcasting we've ever done. And there has been some but, bad broadcasting. Oh, uh, no, there's the been some years, terrible stuff. I mean, that was <laughs> just a most colossal waste of time, and I'm quite angry about that. Okay. Um, well, what I would say, no, what I would say is that something that Eddie Howe says all the time or regularly is that he wants to win something here. Yeah. And, you know, that is that is a cliche, obviously. I mean, it's, it's the kind of thing that everyone says. But Steve Bruce said that. I, I know, but now the club does have the means to be able to do that. And. You know, Eddie Howe says that, and he says it sort of seriously. I mean it. That's what I want to do. I want to win something here. That's quite a sea change that the manager mm. says it, and the club can deliver it. And yeah. you know, we hope and pray will in the not too distant future. Absolutely. Well, let's hope that we're not already out of that cup. In that case, uh, then we had a Leicester on Boxing Day. Uh, yeah, everyone wants to be on Boxing Day. Are you going? Yeah. Yeah. You got out that one, George. Um, <clears throat> yes, I'm in. Um, I'm away. I'm I'm away. I'm going back to America to see my family. But I'm right. I'm hoping to be watching that match with a new former Newcastle United player. So are you going to drop a name or not yet? In case it doesn't happen. Oh, okay. All right. No worries. I'll tell you what. Why don't you open your present while we're here? Oh, okay. Because Ollie's pointing at it. So again, this is from Ollie, our producer. I haven't brought any presents at all. Not prepared to acknowledge Christmas yet. I'll, I'm doing mine at the end. England <laughs> South Coast. <laughs> Um, it's an eyewitness guide to England's south coast and the reason why that is funny and yet I'm also I'm also not laughing in the slightest is that as regular listeners will know um, Chris is physically incapable of travelling more than 200 miles away from Newcastle upon Tyne because of the lack of Savaloy dips so I have to um I have to do that. So this will be very nice. Uh, thank you, Ollie. On my next trip to Brighton, Bournemouth, Southampton, where else is there? Anywhere else? Portsmouth. Plymouth. Plymouth. Portsmouth. Plymouth, Portsmouth. Yeah. Devon. Um, Dorset. Inspire, plan, Torquay. discover, Torquay experience. The cup. Thank you. Stonehenge. Look at this. Guide to ex- experience more. Kent and Sussex. Kent, is that how you spell it? Beautiful. Thank you. There Beautiful. That's perfect. But yes, I will be going to Leicester on Boxing Day. Look forward to that? I am looking forward to it. Um, Newcastle have got a mixed record there. Either win heavily or lose heavily is is how it tended to go over the course of the last few years. You sent me there last season, didn't you? I went there pre... It was No, it was post-takeover, but they lost heavily. Oh, yes, you did. Yes, yes, they lost 4-0, yes. They lost 4-0, yeah. Early in Eddie Howe's reign. But anyway, they are... It's an interesting one because just to see how they they do pick up the form again. I mean, Leicester... Were in terrible form for most of the start yeah. of the season. Then they'd recovered before. They yep. still haven't got great home form, but I think it's an opportunity for Newcastle, and they can really make a sort of statement over the course of that week if they can, because then they've got Le- they've got Leeds at home uh, on on New Year's Eve. If they can get two positive results from that, then they'll go to Arsenal and genuinely will actually. You have to talk about them as that as a sort of title game at that's that stage. Point, that, that's that's. It's, that, it's kind of refusing to, to acknowledge yeah. it and let it be real, and then yeah, yeah. It, you, we're suddenly going to have to at some point. It's, it's a beautiful thing that it's like looking at that Leicester game and thinking of that as an opportunity. And oh yeah, Leicester, as Chris says, Leicester had a terrible start to the season, but they're a, they're a team that have that we're used to seeing in the top four, top six, yeah. that have won things, including the league. And um, you know, we're looking at that as an opportunity to go and win. And yeah, the the mindset of that is great. We're all, I mean, the, the, the negative people amongst us, and I say that whilst literally holding my hand up in the air, <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, this, you know, the break will have come at a bad time. We didn't need that. But at the same time, you know, it has given everybody a chance to have a bit of a break and a rest, uh, apart from the World Cup players. So fingers crossed that they're back at it and back at it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just so excited. I didn't want the season to stop when it did, and I can't wait for it to start again. Desperate for football to come back. Proper football. I know there's been football. But I'm dying for Newcastle United to come back. I can't wait to see them again. I did a piece. I did a piece last week on the Athletic, and it was basically 
it was it wasn't actually my idea, but it was about this thing of like I can't wait for the big match. So this was last mm. week, and of course the big match, everyone's thinking World Cup final. But no, I was referring to the fourth round of the Carabao Cup, which, which I know has which, which I know has already happened. happened. Yeah. I know, I know. That's not the point I'm that making. Penalty shootout, there, Chris. Oh, oh no, Newcastle God, again. God, they were Again. brilliant. God, they were brilliant. They tried Ter- them all. Terrible average, weren't they? Um, but the point was, I said, I said within that, I said like within the World Cup, it's like, you know, yeah, okay, there's been some good matches and yeah, there's been some shots and stuff like that. But the point is, we won't remember any of that because it's like, it's surrounded by all these other fixtures. And then, of course, the best game that's ever been seen on the planet with the best player in the world play, playing against the second best player in the world. So that's kind of ruined my theory <laughs> a little bit, made me look a bit like an idiot, but there you go. Yeah. I'm used to that. I mean, it's going to be a difficult game, Chris. We have to be honest. The Leicester game will be a difficult game. Leicester are, like you said, they're on the up. The form has improved. But both teams have had this big break. And I think it's going to be interesting to see how teams deal with this break when they come back. It's it, We've never had this before in the middle of a season. We don't have a winter break. So it's going to be interesting. I mean, obviously, there was the break during COVID and stuff like that. But how are teams going to deal with this? And how is it going to affect form and and you know fitness and all that sort of stuff we just don't know we don't and it was interesting to see Kieran Trippier and Nick Pope come straight back in the team on Saturday for the, yeah. for the friendly I think they will be straight back in the team for the for the Premier League match at, at, at Leicester I'm not sure that'll necessarily be the case about some of the others John Joe Shelby's been playing a lot over the course of the last few weeks I think he may play in number six as Bruno Gimaraes comes back and I think it's an interesting period for Bruno now because he's had the disappointment of having gone to the World Cup and not featured quite how much he wanted to I think he got quite a lot of negative press in Brazil as well really? after coming on and not taking his chances yeah. in that match and so I think it'll be interesting to see how each of those players deal with the sort of negativity that came around it. Obviously, Fabian Shares, we said, was ill. and But I I do sense that that Newcastle feel they have done everything they possibly can to to have got this right. It's untested. It's untried because they've not had this sort of enforced break before, but they've tried to plan for that eventuality of trying to get the players back up to, to, to the optimum level. And I, I think they've got a very good, very good opportunity against a, a very decent Leicester side, albeit one to start the season very. Also, you know, also it's given coaches a break and managers a break, and so how have they used that time? Yeah. And so you know, we've seen Newcastle change styles, change the way they play this season. Been very, very aggressive. Been uh, you know front-footed on the ball, but very aggressive off the ball. Has this given? other teams a chance to have a look at the way Newcastle are playing and, and to, to really analyse it. They do all that stuff, of course, over the course of the season, but not with a break like this to really take stock. Does that mean other teams do shape up differently against Newcastle? Equally, has Eddie Howe used this time to have a look, you know, and almost anticipating that and done a few tactical tweaks of his own? I mean, I yeah. think that's, that's the sort of fascinating thing. Does it interrupt momentum? Well, yeah, obviously, and to a certain degree it does, but do teams come back fresher? You know, doesn't do Newcastle actually come back fresher and stronger for the break, or does it interrupt? Yeah. And, and so that's the fascinating thing. You know, this is absolutely unprecedented. Yeah, what we've seen, what we've seen in the last month. I mean, uh, how is such a geek? And I mean this in the most positive sense. That this, <laughs> when he was asked about from one geek what, to when another. He, yeah, yeah, when he was asked about the World <laughs> Cup final and whether you know the, the, he switches off from from is that a couple of couple of hours waiting switch off from four she said oh no well i had my laptop on and i was watching clips at the same time as the as the world yeah, cup yeah. final was yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah the yeah, greatest yeah. show on earth <laughs> bournemouth reserves yeah 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 <laughs> absolutely like we say we've not had to deal with this before but there could almost be a danger of second guessing yourself where this is concerned because you want to improve when you come back but at the same time we've been doing so bloody well there isn't an awful lot to improve is there so you just have to hope that it's coming has been a good break for us but we all said as well before the break we all said even if the, the season plays out the way it plays out and we finish in sixth or seventh it'll have been still been an amazing season i'm getting the feeling that some fans and maybe would think that's not the case anymore. Well, it's and if we don't finish in the top four, five, we we will have failed. I, I, you know, the interesting thing about that is how it is how the season plays out. I was talking to Alex Hurst from True Faith, our mate, about this the other day, and it was like, you know, you know, it's it's it's, it's quite interesting. He was talking to somebody from Arsenal about this very thing. Of course, they're top of the league, and you know, not expected to have been there. If if they fall fall out, is it a disappointment? And it's like it's part of those things. It's how it it's how it happens. If you're in the top three, top four yeah. until the last two weeks of the season, and then you drop out, 
then of course that's going to be like a crushing yeah. crushing sort of disappointment I love the atmosphere around the club at the moment here where it's that sort of it is that sense of pleasant surprise and but also that just intensity around it it's like bring on the next week bring on the next week it's a shame that that's not going to last though isn't it uh, yeah, it, no, absolutely. Love that feeling to last I forever. Th- yeah, but yeah. It just it can't. No, it's no, it can't. It, it can't because forever. because you look at you know you talking about Arsenal. You go back to those seasons when they finished season after season after season in the top four, and it wasn't good enough. Mm. You know, under Arsene Wenger, and you know, outside of outside <coughs> of teams in the top half of the, of the Premier League, they were looked at as if it's like this. You're so ungrateful. You're finishing yeah. the top. You've got the Champions League every season. And yeah, it's not what good enough. Want? What's your problem? What, yeah. But it was this gilded cage that they were in yeah. that they were used to winning things and they were used to finishing first. And so if you're used to finishing first and then you're finishing fourth, it's a disappointment. It's like when Newcastle finished fifth under Bobby and you know he was really disappointed about the way that season ended and the, and the lack of response, positive response from fans. Newcastle at that stage were used to competing in the Champions League yeah. to then not appear not to be appearing in the Champions League. So it's all about that context. The context around the club over the last 18 months has been so positive, so intense, so brilliant, so fresh, so exciting. That's the bit you want to grip onto for as long as possible and not be disappointed about finishing second or third or fourth, as you say. I mean, because or even fifth, sixth this season. I mean, at this point, you know, you, I think we are all almost anticipating Europe, aren't we? Yeah, but it and almost feels like a free hit to me. It, 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 it should feels be. like it, yeah, it should be. It. And if and if they fall short, then everyone can just say, "Well, you know, we know. Look at where we are compared to where we were." To to to, 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 to exactly to to go back to what I said before. You know the you know the, having that certain knowledge that the team and squad will be better. It doesn't mean you can't have a bad season or a difficult season mm. for whatever reason. But knowing that the club's going to be stronger and richer and healthier in six months' time, twelve months' time, is that is a brilliant, brilliant feeling. But yeah. On the on the trajectory that the club have set for themselves, at some point they'll finish second, yeah. and we'll all think that's the end of the world. I mean, it's nonsense to think that way, but it just has to happen at some it? point. <laughs> I feel really lucky at the minute. I feel, and I think Newcastle should feel lucky in the situation that they're in because of what we've been saying about the fact that we didn't expect to be here. We don't, we didn't expect it to happen this quickly. We've got to try and enjoy this while it's here. It's 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 an incredible moment, Chris. It is, and I think that there's the perfect manager for the situation they're in, and I I mean that both in terms because of because he's not going to get excited exactly. Is he? I mean, so, so I mean it in terms of both of what he is actually able to do as a coach and as, as a manager in that sense, but also because of that, he he's very good at, at towing the line between not be, getting ahead of himself, not always being level-headed and calm, but not not really detracting from fans being able to dream he says i want supporters to dream yeah. and that that is what football essentially doesn't is say that in answer to your questions though does he chris no i mean he shuts just down, says, he shuts just says no question. no chris yeah. no chris yeah. when, when other journalists ask questions <laughs> um, but he's and that and I, and I think that he i think that he has done that very very well so far in that yeah. he, he he just says that the, he gives a very very good response in terms of when he's asked about it he doesn't get massively carried away but he also doesn't completely shut it down in the Ooh. sense that no what we're, we're not targeting winning cups civil well, that that's what we'd like to try and do and that's what fans should be dreaming about but to 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 say to to go back to that point about you know if Newcastle finish fifth and sixth and you know let's let's not make that a disappointment this season yeah. I totally agree with that at the same time I think we've got that lovely feeling at the minute where we can get carried away again I mean mm. you know the, and I don't mean that in a sort of yeah we're going to win the league this season but that feeling of sort of weightlessness with the club that sense that it's it's the club's going up and up and there's no ceiling to what might happen in the next kind of three or four years that does go directly back to the Keegan era where he comes in saves the club they go up the next season and says we're after we're coming after you so Alex Ferguson yeah. that's the bit that Newcastle are in now where they've been saved in absolutely ridiculous remarkable brilliant fashion mm. they've got a manager that everyone believes in they've got an ownership who are incredibly ambitious and we're just at that point now where we're all saying anything's possible and it's it's this bit that is the just the good exciting weightless bit and I, I agree with you I don't want this bit to, to end actually I don't want this bit to stop definitely not but this podcast is going to have to end soon Chris I need to give you presents first oh you need you've you got presents for us I have I have oh, that's are they, I mean are they as funny as Ollie's well probably not because but the, the, the issue the issue is that, that so Ollie our producer had asked if we we're going to do Secret Santa a couple of weeks ago and George had, had 
replied saying that absolutely we not. Do that. Yeah, absolutely my, not. And then I forgot response. about this until this morning. You I happened to be uh, on Shields Road and Baker, and I thought, you know what? I'm going to end up getting some shit presents, so I may as well get shit presents that are going to go towards charity. So I went to the charity shop uh, on Shields Road and Baker. Can't remember which uh, one it was. God, this is this is going to be such a bad ending to the podcast. It is going to be a terrible ending to the show, George. But you just have to get over that. So I've got a DVD for each of you. Okay. Um, so I'll start with I'll start with Ollie. Um, so this sort of sums up the podcast in general. That's a series of unfortunate events for you there. <laughs> it's not bad, Chris. Then, it's not bad. Then, good start, Chris. Then, not Taylor, bad. You've, you've already previewed your own one, which is uh, Anchorman from... Uh, oh, uh, lovely stuff. Because you are, you are the, on Bergen. The, um, the you w- go fuck yourself, San Diego. Yeah. The, du- the W, of course, is silent. <laughs> and is. for George, I have uh, the Grinch. Thank you. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Oops. Thank you. Thank you very much. Lovely yeah. Stuff. It's not, well, it's not like you to be uh, funny, Chris, but um, but that's a nice change. Thank you. Well done. Excellent. Do we all still have DVD players? Uh, no, I got rid of mine a long time ago when streaming yeah. came around. So I'll, that'll yeah. make a nice coaster, Chris. I had looked that. at I had looked at some VHSs, <laughs> but they didn't have the right ones. I did actually want to get Ali, uh, Ollie a series of Taggart, but I couldn't actually find it anywhere. <laughs> we should have got Chris a nice bottle of Cockburn's Port, <laughs> shouldn't we? <laughs> <laughs> that, that is good. That is good. That was good. Yeah. yeah. If only. If I'd known about that before I got. If here. only I'd known about it. I mean, if only I could have remembered anything. Um, hey, anyway. Well, thank you very much. Merry Christmas. Thanks a lot. It's been fun. Anyway, it's been lovely to see you. We only get to do this in person every so often, don't we? Usually at Christmas. Well, usually Christmas, immediately followed by COVID, COVID uh, last year. So that was disastrous. Yeah. So look forward to that again. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So you lot out there as well, remember to head to theathletic.com forward slash Newcastle Pod, where you can sign up to the Athletic and pay less than two pound a month for the whole year. Steak, cocktails, Bruno shirts. Absolutely. So thanks a lot, George. You're very well, welcome. Thanks for your time. It's Merry been Christmas. great fun. Thanks a lot, Chris. Thank you for dressing up as well. Well, well, we took the piss. I mean, I'm, di- I'm disappointed with the lack of effort from you guys, but Merry Christmas nonetheless. Hope everyone has a wonderful time. Absolutely. And thank you, Ollie, as well, for putting up with our shit for another year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and thanks to all of you out there as well for listening. Uh, all, as always, it's, a, it's an absolute ple- pleasure. I can't talk. What is wrong with me? What well, is in that t- beer? It's the Tyneside Blonde. The Tyneside that's Blonde, the blonde talking. Yeah. Uh, as always, it's an absolute pleasure to bring you part on the time. Thanks a lot to all of you for listening this year. Uh, and have a lovely Christmas. Uh, we'll be back after the Leicester game next week and we shall talk to you a bit more then. Take care. Have a lovely Christmas and we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire Uh, just a huge Merry Christmas to everybody. Have a wonderful uh, time with your families, uh, a special new year, and uh, let's look forward to 2023 success and uh, a continued partnership with, with everybody, with the community, with the fans, uh, with, with our players, with our team, with everybody. So Merry Christmas, everybody. Lots of love from Meredith. Although it's been said Many times, many ways Merry Christmas To The Athletic Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.